So I really want to thank you for this privilege. I don't take it for granted and I appreciate you that even though you did not know me, uh, but just reaching out to you, you, you kind of connected with the vision and the, you know, the, the initiative and you, you, you came on board. I mean, just to let our viewers know, I mean, you, you dedicated almost a month you know, to, to drop in videos every single day within the group, both on Facebook and LinkedIn, talking about goal setting, talking about goal tracking, talking about the reasons why goals fail. And that touched my heart because it was just one conversation I had with you and immediately you, you, you came on board and it was as if, you know, it was your group. And I really appreciate you for that. Um, so, so that's just, thank you very much. That, that's just to set us off. Um, I mean, before we go to all the slides, I, I usually ask you know, my guests and uh, my, my co-presenters basically questions about you know, how has this pandemic affected you? Uh, it's something we didn't plan for, you know, but it came. And to a large extent, people are adapting in different ways. So can you just kind of briefly tell us how this pandemic has affected you, what you've done differently, how you're coping with it generally? Okay, so the first thing that has happened is that we we all had to come back to the reality of the need to, you know, create a new strategy. So it's it's very important to focus more on what can be done differently now that we have to work from home and still have to survive. It has brought to fore the the very important need to begin to render services using the internet, leveraging technology. Now, we have had that opportunity staring us in the face, but many people have refused to, you know, use the internet, leverage technology to start selling, to meet with one another. Imagine mostly when we needed to have meetings, we would actually travel like three, four hours to hold meetings. And we felt that there were certain meetings that couldn't be held online, there are meetings that must be held in person, but the pandemic changed everything. Right now, nobody is saying, look, this is not a meeting we can hold online. This is a meeting that we would hold physically. So we're all, we're all holding the meetings online because you're stuck at home. You're not supposed to go out. And even if you wanted to go out because the lockdown is being gradually eased in so many parts of the world, people are still scared to go out. So the same people who didn't want to go out before are now the ones who are going out. The only challenge is those who did not automate their services before the lockdown are affected because they can't quickly make the switch to start rendering services online. We're all test running what works and what will not work. And because of that, income is largely affected. There's no doubt about that. We had trainings scheduled to run quite a number of the trainings have been cancelled. And I think that what people could have done is to say, okay, we're going to run the same training, but let's run those same training virtually. We're going to run the same session. Exactly. But I see that so many people still do not want to switch to the internet, running online trainings, but we don't have a choice. We're going to come to that time where we're going to run online trainings. And I think that in a city like Lagos, with over 21 million people, one of the ways we can decongest our traffic is to actually continue with this work from home kind of situation and let's move a lot of our meetings to virtual meetings. That way we spend less on transport, we spend less on fuel, we reduce climate pollution and all of that. So yes, it has affected, it's primarily a shaker for mindsets. So why were we saying these things cannot be held online before? And all of a sudden, nobody is going out and we're all holding the same meetings online. So it's interesting that, that you mentioned mindset because, I mean, to a large extent also, I've been having discussions with a couple of my friends, right? Yeah. And it seems that they are not willing to change. I know it's, it's human in terms of we resist change yeah. because everybody also, you know, that they're, they're afraid of you know, the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but from what you're saying, I mean, I've seen some banks do their annual general meeting yeah. online virtually yeah. and everything went smoothly. exactly everything went smoothly and was successful you know and i, I think the mindset is key here because we, we need to begin to think of the new normal i mean a lot of my friends still don't believe that there's a new normal they still believe we're going to go back to you know the way things are and, and i keep telling them that things have things have changed right 
even yes, though it might be a short term. Sorry to interject you. A lot yeah, of actually take. Take for example, this kind of meeting that we're holding. Look at what we're doing simultaneously. Yeah. Ideally, we would need to rent a hall for this kind of meeting. You will spend a lot of money printing invitation cards. You will spend a lot of money on digital campaigns, asking people right. to come for a physical meeting. Then you would pay a cameraman to come into the meeting to record the videos of the meeting. And the cameraman might also mess you up at the end of the day. You would need right. someone to take physical pictures or still pictures. And when you're done, you, you have to duplicate the CDs for people to be able to buy. You have to pay somebody to put it online and stuff like that. But pandemic has compressed everything. everything. So right now, there's right. no need for a cameraman. The website called Zoom is our cameraman. Facebook is our cameraman right now. And Facebook yeah. and Zoom are both the still photographers. At the same time, they are the ones that will duplicate the CDs, quote-unquote, the virtual CDs. So Correct. there are people, if we don't have that cultural shift right now, if there's, if there's no paradigm shift right now, people are going to lose their jobs. And the advancement in technology is actually gradually taking away the jobs of a lot of people. So the first and the most important thing is what can I do differently or how can I adapt technology in such a way that I'm still relevant and I don't lose my job? That's what I think we should be looking at right now. Excellent. Excellent summation, sir. I, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, we need to leverage on technology to start doing the things that you know, we were doing you know, in brick and mortar offices, moving them virtual and online. Um, maybe we need to sit down also and talk about digital transformation some other day. Yeah. But, but again, the topic today is, is centered around you know, the group's um, focus, which is the ability to set goals, to track goals, and actually achieve them. And the group was set up specifically for 2020. So, I mean, in my mind, I got inspired to the fact that, okay, we've, we've run the year up until midway, which will happen in a couple of weeks' time in June. And a lot of people have set goals, have set targets, you know, and it looks like because of the pandemic, they might be discouraged and say, oh, what, what am I going to achieve, you know, in the year 2020 and all of that. So that's why, you know, I felt that, okay, let me, let me sit down with a couple of my friends, a couple of people that I believe are achievers, are go-getters, so that we can discuss this thing in an you know informal, relaxed atmosphere for some of our, our group, our community members, and you know anybody at, at large to gain from it. So I, I'll, I'll just go straight to it, and I can see that you put up the slides already. So in terms of personal assessment and goal setting, how how do you go about it? What 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 is your normal routine? Maybe it's quarterly, it's yearly, or monthly. How do you set goals? How do you do personal assessment? So the first thing I do when I'm setting my goals is to ask myself questions like, where do I need to be? What do I want to achieve in life? What are the things that are paramount to me? What is important to me? And I've, I keep telling people that when you're setting goals, you first of all need to have a clear vision. If you don't have a clear vision, you're wasting your time if you're setting goals. And the reason is because of one of the definitions I've given to goals, and you see that definition somewhere in my slide. So right. you look at this particular definition of goals right now. I did say that yeah. a goal is a desired result that a person or a system actually envisions, plans, and commits to achieve. But look at where I started from. A goal is a desired result that a person right. or... Okay, this is Wikipedia definition. Let me go to my own actual definition of goals. Now, here's my own definition of goals. I did say that a goal is a smaller component of your vision. That's the first line of my own definition of goals. So if you don't understand that a goal is a smaller component of your vision there is no way you will be able to set any goal that will be effective. So I say that the goal acts as a roadmap, specifying what needs to be done, where, when, and how, in order to lead you from where you are to where you want to be. So what that means is that you need to take care of your vision first. When you now take care of your vision, 
the vision will then determine the goals that you have. Because the question is, why are you setting goals? You're actually setting goals to achieve something bigger. You're setting a goal to achieve a vision. So if you're setting a goal, the goal has to be in line with the vision that you want to achieve. Let's say, for example, your vision is to become a medical, say you want to become a medical doctor. If you want to become a medical doctor, you then have daily goals or yearly goals that you're going to set, which will keep you in line to becoming a medical doctor. If you want to become a nurse, you must have daily goals, yearly goals that you will follow until that time when you become a nurse. The same thing for someone who wants to become aeronautic engineer, the person who wants to become a pastor, the person who wants to become an author, the one, the one who wants to become a broadcaster, whatever field you choose, whatever it is that you want to achieve in life, you want to build a conglomerate, you want to start businesses, you want to start an airline, a media organization, everything, there's usually this big vision. So the big vision is what necessitates setting a daily goal, necessitates a weekly goal, a quarterly goal, a monthly goal, and a yearly goal. If there is no big vision and you're just setting a goal, the question is to what end? So that's why it's very important to first of all set that big vision. First of all, set that goal that you're working on. And once that one is clear, you can then go on to setting your small goals. So the, uh, because my own goal is clear, my own vision is clear and it's out of the way, I then set yearly goals that will take me closer to the vision. Okay. Do, do you understand? So it's yeah, very important to set yearly goals that will take you closer to the vision. If you don't set yearly goals that will take you closer to the vision, then you're you're going to you probably will not achieve that vision. That that's how I do my own thing. I, I mean, I, and that's that's specific and apt because I mean, like, like I said, when we created the group, we were looking at you know setting goals for the year 2020 as yeah. a full year. Um, but but I like you know, your definition where you're saying that it's a smaller component of your vision. So that means that as an individual or as an organization, you must have a vision. You must exactly. have a destination in mind. Yeah. And that's what, you know, your goals will now be smaller components that lead you, you know, on that road. And I like, you know, what you said about it being a roadmap. Yeah. So that means that ultimately it, it directs you step by step up until you get to achieve that basic goal. Yes. Yes. And in the, in the group, you know, we, we set it out to say, okay, you know, we can break it down into quarters. So we had quarter one. Yes. You know, because we started this group in January, 1st of January. So we had quarter one goals. Um, yeah. And then we helped, you know, the community to track it all the way. And then we were able to, I think you joined around February. And that's when yeah. we started you know, giving us those yeah. daily uh, videos that yeah. was, you know, looking at the different uh, reasons why goals fail. And, yeah. and we'll still get that. You know, so so I, I like the definition and I mean this is this is very specific. But in terms of goal setting again, in terms of the number of goals, because my my previous guests we were just discussing about it that a lot of people set so many goals. Yeah. Uh, in terms of you know the numbers. And it's also one of the reasons, I'm sure you'll touch on it later, where why goals fail. Yeah. And we we kind of projected that maybe you should streamline it to maybe like three, two per quarter, so that at least at the end of the year, you have maybe eight, nine, 10, you know, to 12. But again, the numbers matter because the, the, the smaller they are, the more focused you, know, you are to achieving them. So, so what, what, what do you think in terms of how many goals should you set for a year? Okay, so sometimes, um, let me say that we, we focus on achieving so many things. And like I said earlier, if there is no clear vision, achieving those many things that we have set out to achieve will be quite difficult. So our first responsibility is to take care of vision. Then the question is, what's your status? And, and I'm talking about maybe your social status, your marital status, your responsibilities to other people and stuff like that. Now those will determine the other goals that you should carry along. For example, are you married? If you're a married person trying to set a goal, you, you can't set a goal for yourself alone you are now setting a goal that is synchronized with your spouse's goal. You are setting a goal for children if they are still young or you are factoring them into your financial goals because their well-being is a major factor as far as your own goals are concerned because a chunk of what you earn will go into taking good care of them. 
And if you don't factor their own lives into it, then you're wasting your time with whatever goals you're setting. Then the question is, do you have parents? Do you have siblings? Do you have loved ones who depend on you? All those ones would determine your financial goals at the end of the day. Do you have a business that you run? How much commitment do you have towards that business? Do you have partners? Do you run the businesses alone? So those are the kind of other things that would determine. Everything still comes back to one major goal. What's your vision in life? However, if you take care of one important thing, there are ways you can then clear so many other goals instead of looking at itemized goals. For example, let's say that this year, my goal is just to get someone who can help me with achieving my vision. Do you know that if I get that one person, it's possible that I can easily achieve all the 10 other things that I put on my list. But some other people will focus on achieving 10 things on their list instead of looking for one person that can make the goals easier. Let me give you an instance. You have content and your content is really good, but you don't know how to put your content out there. Now you're setting goals. I want to write 10 articles in two weeks, or I want to write 20 articles in a month. I want to do 20 videos in a month. I want to talk to, I want to, you're setting a goal to put your content on radio, to put your content on television. And what you need is simply one content manager. And if you have one content manager who knows the right platforms to use, the person comes on board and says, instead of looking for money to put your content on TV, on radio, why don't you use a platform like uh, maybe Zoom, use a podcast platform, use Facebook Live. This is how to record. You don't need extra cameras. These are the things you should get into. You know, So all you realize that with one person helping you to manage your content, you have ticked so many other things on your goal. That now takes me to having a collaborator. And we're going to see it somewhere as we go on in the slide. We mostly do not think about who should be a collaborator with us when setting goals. We simply think about, oh, these are the goals I want to achieve. These are the goals I want to achieve. But there must be people who are going to help us on the journey to achieve that goal. Right. So you put in the right collaborators from the beginning. Achieving your goal is going to be a lot easier. So it will no longer be about the number of goals you're trying to achieve. It's about who is helping you to achieve the goal. And if you have the right person helping you to achieve the goal, instead of counting goals, you will be leaping. If you think that you're supposed to achieve maybe five goals, with the right person, you can achieve 15 goals. If you think right. that you should achieve only two goals, with the right person with you, you can achieve 20 goals. So at that point, it won't be about the number of goals. It's, it's going to be about who's with you on this goal. Right. So, so there are two things I pick up from what you just said. And I think they're very critical. The, the, I'm also at fault with, with, with one of them, actually, which is that collaborator part. Because yeah. to a large extent, I mean, I've seen it generally. People tend to just set goals and put themselves in the middle, you know, the center, the end, and the beginning of everything and feel that they're the only ones that can do it. And I'm getting to realize these days that you actually need a collaborator. No yeah. man is aligned, like you said. And okay. if you properly prioritize your goals, right, you'll be able to identify which ones are key and then get a collaborator for that one. And like you said, you keep achieving your goals in leaps and bounds. So, so I mean, that, that is awesome. So, I mean, let, let's continue with your definitions and, you know, the details of your slide as per goal setting. Okay, so as I said earlier, uh, a goal is a smaller component of your vision, which acts as a roadmap and it specifies what needs to be done. In other words, you can't call it a goal if it is not a smaller component of your vision. You cannot call it a goal if it doesn't act as a roadmap because a goal will guide you towards where you want to be and who you want to become. Right. This goal will specify what needs to be done. It will also specify where you're going to be doing it, when you're going to be doing it, and how in order to lead you from where you are to, to where you want to be. So it's very important to set that goal. Look at the Wikipedia definition of goal that I showed earlier. So Wikipedia says that a goal is a desired result that a person or a system envisions. So it's very important that you are envisioning. You are thinking about something ahead, something that you really want to achieve. And then it says you plan and commit to achieve it. Some people plan for goals, but they don't commit to achieve it. What's the difference right. between planning and committing to achieve a goal? 
when you plan to achieve a goal, it means that you have written the goals down. You have said that this year we're going to expand this business. This year we're going to do 500 million in turnover. This year we're going to do a billion in turnover. But the question is, what are your own responsibilities? What's your own role in making sure that that turnover becomes a reality? And I like to use this example a lot. If, for example, you want to make first class out of the university, if you're going to make a first class, you've written it down as a plan to make first class by the time you have graduated. Now, that's a clear plan. You're going to make a first class out of the university. But the question is, how do you commit wow. to being first plan? If you don't put it clearly on paper and take action, that, for example, on a daily basis, I must spend four hours reading. If you spend four hours reading on a daily basis before any kind of exam, it is most likely that you would have covered all the topics that you need to cover before your examination. But if you wait for your examination just a few days and you only read all through the night in order to cover your syllabus, most likely you don't have enough time to cover the syllabus and you get into the hall, you forget some of the things that you've read and you're not able to make a first class at the end of the day. But if you start reading from the beginning of the semester, and you spend four hours on a daily basis, that shows your responsibility towards the plan of making a first class. It's the same yeah. thing in business. If you want to have a happy marriage, for example, your goal is to have a happy marriage. But the question is, what's your own responsibility towards having a happy marriage as well? Are you going to remain the blame game person? Or are you going to take responsibility and instead of blaming other people, you will take responsibility. So those are the things that we need to begin to look at. And until we do that, we will just keep blaming other people. We're not going to achieve our goals. So there's also the range of goals. You were talking about quarterly. You were talking about uh, whether a monthly goal earlier. So yeah. I, I call it the range of goals. And it's right there on the screen for those who are watching. They can say there are three major ranges of goals. And they are that there's the short-term goal which is from one day to six months. So if you have a daily goal, a weekly goal, a monthly goal, a quarterly goal, those are called short-term goals. If you have a goal you're going to achieve in two, three, four, five, six months, those are actually short-term goals. And you need to be specific with the daily activities that will also result in the goal that you want to have at the end of the month. Then you need to have what we call the mid-term goals. Mid-term goals will be anything from six months to five years. So you go to interviews most times. They ask you, where do you see yourself in five years? In the next five and years, right. It's a difficult question for a lot of people to answer because they never really think about it. They, they have no idea what they want to achieve in five years. So you need to be able to set out from the vision that you want to achieve. Let's say you want to build a conglomerate. Where are you going to be in five years? Because you don't expect to achieve that conglomerate in five years. Now, let me use this illustration. You want to become vice chancellor of a university say in 20 years time. So from the vision of becoming a vice chancellor of a university, what should you have achieved in five years time? Let's say that you already have a first degree. Most likely I expect that in five years time, you have the goal to get your postgraduate, a master's degree, and from yeah. a master's degree, you move on to a PhD. So it's realistic that you can achieve both your master's degree and a PhD in five years because your master's degree will take from 18 months to, you know, two, two years, thereabouts. Right. And yeah. your master's degree will take a minimum of three years. So it's still realistic if you're quite fast to achieve both a master's degree and a PhD yeah. in yeah. five years. But it is unrealistic to expect that in five years, you get your PhD and become a vice chancellor. That's totally unrealistic. Because from the time you get your PhD, you need to be in the training or in the academic system for a minimum of wow. 10 years, even become a professor. Wow. Right. And you would have been a professor for a few years before you can be considered for the position of vice chancellor. So the, that, that it's a mid-term goal in line with the vision to say, okay, I'm going to get my MSc, probably get an MBA, get an MPhil if I need it, then get a PhD. Then your long-term goal will be, oh, okay, getting the degree to become a vice chancellor, making sure that I publish journals in maybe 20 papers, internationally acclaimed journals anyway. Not right, just any right. kind of so that that's how I do my own thing. I mean, uh, it's it's interesting as well because I mean, when we started the group, we're looking at you know that acronym of smart and smarter goals, yeah. and you know it's you know specific, measurable, 
know, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. And, and this speaks to, to that aspect. And it was interesting for me because the long-term goal that I do was, you know, between five to ten years. But I think it was, I think the first or second week of the pandemic, I, I heard Pastor Samadhi, I mean, mention that he does so for 60 years. And I was yeah. like, wow. I mean, that, those are the long-term goals. And he, everything he does, every decision he makes now, is tying him towards, you know, driving him towards achieving that long-term goal. So, I mean, this, okay, this so is... What, what happens? When, when you do those kind of long-term goals, what happens is that you begin to immediately determine the kind of audience that you roll with, the kind of people that you relate with. When you okay, do those okay. kind of long-term goals, you, your long-term goals will determine the kind of people that you associate with. Your long-term goals will reflect in your financial plans. Take, for example, when you have a 20-year plan and you want to be financially independent, you want to be financially free from every debt, you're not going to start out buying the most expensive cars because right. you will focus more on putting money into real estate, whether it's the mortgage plan somewhere in the world, or you, you're going to do a rent-to-own kind of system, as some people are doing now in Nigeria. So yeah. if your plan is to be financially independent, you will start with the kind of luxury that cannot last a lifetime. A car, for example, is good, and some people always come with the excuse that, look, I use this car for business. But no matter the kind of business that you use the car for, Max, maybe you use the car for five to 10 years, except there's a problem. Most people cannot really use a car for more than five years. A lot of people use the car for just about two, three years and they are tired of the car. Some people don't change their cars after five years just because they don't have the money to replace it. Not that they still want to continue with the same car. So if you put the same amount of money into real estate or into a business, or you put the same resources that you spend maintaining that car, into building a house, you're going to have something that you can look up to over several years and the house is going to keep generating income for you, unlike the car that keeps depreciating in value. And, and I just use the car as an example. There are so many other things that we put money into that keep, you know, depreciating in value. So it's very important to, right. your, your, your long-term goal would determine how you spend. When you're about to spend money, you're going to be asking yourself, am I spending permanent money on temporary things? Or I'm spending temporary money on permanent things. So that, that's one way to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think, like, like you said, it's the long-term goals that begin to structure the things you do now. And I think another thing is a lot of people are not really committed sometimes to those goals that they set. Yeah. Um, and it takes a lot of commitment to achieve your goals. So from a financial perspective, like you mentioned, because you know where you're going, you will not start out buying an expensive car. You will yeah. start out, you know, investing your money into something that will give you returns. Yeah. And over time, you can now start doing some other things, you know, that maybe can show your affluence. But from the get-go, you don't invest on, you know, you know, um, um, expensive stuff and, and, and all of that. And, and that. and that is really important. And again, the other thing you mentioned, which I just want to go back on before we move on, is the fact that, you know, it depends on your status, like you said, whether you're married, whether you yeah. have kids, whether you're still in school and all of that. And what I have discovered is that goal setting and tracking and achieving is, yeah. is something that you need to do as early as possible in your life yeah. because it helps you to organize things along the way. I mean, personally, I, I started this when I was 16, 17, 18, where I didn't have a computer. I just had a notepad and I'll just write things down. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. You know? And I committed to, I had mentors that helped me along the way. And as my status changed from being a single, yeah. dating somebody and getting married, <clears throat> those mentors helped me along the way because they helped me shape the vision of where I was going to. And looking back, you know, you know, de a decade or more now, I can realize, I can see myself now in positions where I envisioned a long time ago. So it is it is really, really important. Thank you for highlighting that. My pleasure. All right, so um, I don't know where if I can go on with my slide or you want me to do something yes, else? Please. Okay, so yes, please. Please go on. yeah, I'll just go on to the slide then. And um, we're, we're looking at uh, why goals fail now. And it's very important to understand that if you don't know why goals are failing, 
is going to be a lot difficult to achieve those goals. That's why I usually like to talk to people about why goals fail. So number one reason why goals fail is actually the fact that people don't actually have written goals. If you don't have written goals, you don't expect your goals to work. So it's very important to have written goals. There's one Harvard research that says that they interviewed a postgraduate class to see how many of them had written goals. And from that session, they realized that so many people, about say 87% of them, did not have written or clear goals. So it was very surprising. Then they had about 3% that had clear and written goals. Then just maybe about 10% or even 7%, they, they had a goal, but it was not written down. I, I think I've missed up that calculation now, but it was just to show that a huge chunk of the class, and that was well over 80%, did not have any goal, whether it was written or it was not written. Only 3% had a clear written goal. There may be about 7% thereabout had a goal, but it was not written. So 10 years later, they interviewed the same set of people and they realized that the ones who did not have any goal, whether it was written or not, they were just managing in life. The, the smaller percentage, maybe about 7% or so, that had a goal, but it was not written. They were, they were okay, but it wasn't as much as they could be doing in life. Then the 3% that had a clear goal and it was written down, they were earning and 10 of what their contemporaries were getting. Wow. And they, it was and 10 of those other people that had a goal, but it was not written. So they had 10 times more results just because they had a clear goal and it was written down, which they also stuck to. So it's very important to write your goal. And some people also say that the faintest pen is still brighter than the best of memories. Memories. Absolutely. It's difficult to remember everything in your head. So you need right. to write down the goals. And it's not just writing down the goals in a book that you're probably not going to open for a long time. You probably should use what you call a vision board. And Correct. you take those goals into small pieces of papers on the vision board. Sometimes at the back of the door leading to your room, in front of the door leading to your room, at the back of the door leading to your you know, closet. And you should yeah. have those small goals there. On the door. Somewhere you can see it on the regular the, Somewhere you can see them from time to time. So you write them, put them there. Now that determines your daily plans. Because yeah. if you have a goal, say for example, you have a goal to write five books and you are not writing on a daily basis, how are you going to achieve that goal? So the moment right. you see that kind of goal on the door, you know that one of your daily plans must be at least to spend maybe about one hour or two hours writing on a daily right. basis. Yeah, so right. one of the reasons goals fails is because people don't have written goals. And I'm going to rush now because that's not the only thing we're dwelling on. And number two right. is what I call adoption of goals. And you can see from the, what I, uh, the image there that says copy and paste. Copy, paste, so, yeah. Adoption of goals simply means that there are some people who simply take on the goals of other people. They don't understand what those goals are about. They look at what other people have written and their own goals. They just take it, they copy it, and paste it. Now, there is nothing wrong in using the template of other people's goals. But using the template of other people's goals is different from copying and adopting their goals. Right. Number one, right. you do not have the same vision. So when you copy their goals, it means that you are likely to end up where they are going if you copy it very well. Right. If you copy it and you don't copy it well, you end up confused. So you cannot copy other people's goals. You must not copy other people's goals and you will copy other people's goals if you don't have your own vision but if you have your own clear vision you realize that this goal is not going to work for me so you can't copy and adopt other people's goals then the next thing is creating goals hurriedly there are too many people who create goals hurriedly and that's why their own goals are not working you need to spend time with your goal you need to ask yourself what's my vision what's my goal where am i going in life where will this goal lead me to? So when you, when you explain all of that to yourself or you answer that satisfactorily, that's when you can say, okay, this is the kind of goal I need to set. And don't forget we said earlier, 
you have to factor in who you are marrying or who you are married to, your children, right. your financial status, maybe your parents and all of that. So you can't create goals in a hurry. People whose goals fail because they create them in a hurry. Then generalization of goals. And what happens here is a lot of people say, oh, I want to be rich. What does that mean? You have to define it. For example, if I say that I want to be rich, I can say that the level of wealth I want is to be able to say that I'm already broke, even if I have 20 million in my account. Or to say, I should be able to say that I'm already broke, even when I have 100 million cash. So what exactly do you mean by, what level of wealth are you talking about? And when you also say wealth, question is what are you going to do to attain that kind of wealth? You can't just say, I'm going to be wealthy. You must be able to specify what you will do, what you hope to do in order to achieve that kind of wealth. You can't just generalize, I'm going to be rich or I'm going to be successful. When you say, I'm going to be successful, question is successful at what? You have to specify, yeah, what you want to be successful at. Maybe you want to be a successful public speaker, a successful pastor, a successful engineer, a successful businessman. But what kind of business? Are you going into transportation? Are you going into logistics? Are you going into computer manufacturing, car manufacturing, or automobiles generally? What kind of business? Right. You need to be more specific. Then specific. We, we said unrealistic goals. I mentioned just a moment ago, somebody who wants to become a vice chancellor. And I did say that yeah. a, five year, a five year goal would be that getting your PhD, getting your master's and your PhD, masters. if you already have a first degree. But if you don't have a first degree, you don't have a master's degree, you don't have a PhD, getting, becoming a vice chancellor in five years is not possible. Right. Totally not possible. So question is, what are you going to do in the next five years? You then start from where you are. If you have a PhD already, you say, okay, get a job in the university system. Yeah. And from getting a job in the university system, you have to write and publish, reputed, publish in reputable journals. So when you yeah. write and publish in reputable journals, you keep writing. You keep delivering lectures. You keep delivering speeches. You have to write inaugural lectures as well and deliver yeah. a number of them before you are even considered yeah. to become a, a vice chancellor. So because there are so many people who are doing that kind of a thing on a daily basis and they still don't become a vice chancellor. Then look at the image on the screen. This child, we all know that it is totally unrealistic for this kind of child to say, I'm going to carry this weight. Right. And you look at the one on the left. It's totally unrealistic for them to expect that this ox will be able to carry the kind of load. So um, the ox is supposed yeah. to be carrying, I mean, whether it's an ox or donkey now, it's supposed to be donkey. carrying that load, but it's the load that yeah. is carrying the animal. Carrying it. Yeah, because, yeah right. because it's an unrealistic goal for that kind of animal to push this load. What do you think will happen to this child on the right if this child were to make any attempt to lift this weight that we're seeing? It's the I mean, way it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna break his back completely. Like exactly. It's, so it, so there, that's, that's what we do as human beings. Sometimes we set mm, unrealistic mm. goals. We we you know we do things that will kill us. We do things that will break us. We want to set right. the kind of goals that only people who have gone ahead of us, far ahead of us, should be setting those kind of goals. So set goals at your level. That's why there are long-term goals and there are short-term goals. Those goals right. that some people want to achieve immediately are supposed to be long-term goals. And that's where they are making those mistakes. So uh, clarity. You know, some people set goals. And when they, when they set goals, what happens at the end of the day is that instead of, you know, setting the kind of goals that will be clear to them, when they try to explain those goals, people end up being more confused. Okay. Their goals are not right. clear to people. So you must be able to uh, set the kind of goals that are clear to you. When you are setting a goal, don't set a goal. Again, the reason people will not have clarity on their goal is because they have adopted a goal. They've copied someone else's goal. So right. when you don't adopt a goal, when you don't you know, just copy and paste another person's goal, that goal is going to be very clear to you. If, for example, I'm talking about my own five-year plan, I'm going to speak, right. I'm going to talk about that goal with a lot of confidence because I, I'm the one who set the goal. Nobody set the goal for me. If I'm talking about my 10-year goal, I'm going to speak about the goal with a lot of confidence because confidence. I set the goal. So you need to have clarity. 
there are times you're trying to set some goals. You just had a flash of inspiration. You need to sit down with other people to get an idea of what this goal should look like. How am I supposed to achieve this goal? What do I need to do? Who should I be talking to in order to achieve those goals? So if you are not doing that, you will not have clarity on the goal. And the moment you don't have clarity on the goal, you will find it difficult to achieve that goal. So it's very important that you're talking to other people about your goal. And once you cannot convince yourself about your goal, how can you convince other people to oh come God. along? How can you convince you. investors to get on right. board with your goal? So you need right. to have clarity on your goal. If I wake you up in the middle of the night and I start asking you questions about your goals, you don't need to stutter. Despite the fact that you've just woken up, you must be able to explain your goals. You must be able to share your right. goals easily. Even if you don't right. have all the details, when I listen to you, I can tell that this is person, this is someone who knows what he's talking about. So your goal right. will be extremely clear. Let's move on to the next item on the slide. And apart from uh, clarity now, we go on to lack of planning with the goals. So when I talk about lack of planning with the goals, this is what happens. If you are not the type that reviews your goals all the time, the moment you make any amount of money, the first thing that comes to your mind is the next luxury item that you've been waiting for. The next phone, the next expensive phone, right. the next expensive clothes. That means you are not planning right. the goal. But if you review your goals all the time, if you check mm. your daily activities, if you check your next milestone all the time, it means that you are planning with the goal. So as soon as the next money comes in, you are not thinking exactly. about the next car to buy. You are not Absolutely. thinking about the next uh, clothes to buy. The first thing is, right. okay, so how do I progress on this project? Where did I stop on this project? What's the next thing right. that I must do? That's what you're thinking about. So we must plan with the goal all the time. And going on to I, number eight, meditation on the goal. You must meditate on your goal. You must think about it all the time. If you don't, you must get to a point where you have internalized your goal. If you don't right. internalize your goal, there is no way you will achieve that goal. When I say internalize your goal, it means that with or without paper, you already know the goals that you plan to achieve. With or without the paper that you have written or what is on the written paper, you will still be able to act on a daily basis in line with the goal because the goal, goal. Is not, the goal is not only on paper. The goal has moved from paper into your mind. Mm, the goal right. has moved from paper into your subconscious. The goal has mm. moved from paper into your being. The goal is right. you. You are the goal. So you're you are not just looking at the paper. And, and that's one of the things that we need to... That, I mean, that's one of the reasons we need to meditate on the goal. If you don't meditate on the goal, there will be a problem. Then the next thing is um, discipline. And I'm going to spend a little more time on the issue of discipline. Now, there are people who have fantastic goals. People write great goals. People write beautiful goals. When they do a presentation on the goal, you're going to be blown away. When they do a presentation on how they achieve, how they want to achieve this goal or how they want to execute the goal, it's going to blow your mind. But they don't have the discipline. And there are three kinds of disciplines that you need to have. You need discipline with your personality which is moral discipline. You need discipline with finances, which is the financial discipline. And you need discipline with time, which is procrastination. When you keep putting off to you tomorrow the things that you can do today, you will never achieve what needs to be achieved. You see, a number of goals are time-bound. If you don't do those things, then you'll never be able to achieve them. Let me give you an example. And I don't mean to you know, shame anybody. I don't mean to also speak down on women so that some people will not take this in the wrong light. Take, for example, a woman can marry at any time and at any age. Do you agree with that? Yeah, yes, yes. So despite the fact that a woman can marry at any time at an, and at any age, a woman cannot give birth at, an, at any age. So if a woman keeps putting off the plan to marry, you can put off the plan to marry till you are 45 or till you are 50. But the moment you hit 50, your chances of giving birth become extremely slim and medically impossible. Right. I'm saying extremely slim and medically impossible 
because it would then take the intervention of God for that 50-year-old woman to have a child. Yeah. But if you really I, I want think, to I marry... Think, sorry, sorry, Pastor, Mr. Paula. I think, I think what, what usually happens is the statement is, oh, my body clock is, you know, is counting. Exactly. That, that's how they mount pressure to say, okay, you know what, I need, I need to get married as early as possible. Exactly. So that I have that window of childbearing before it gets to... Exactly. And even for the, even right. for the men too, even a man needs to get married on time and yeah. God willing, if you don't have issues with delay as far as children are concerned, you start having children, you train your children early enough, and you are not training your child when you're already supposed to be a grandpa. A grandfather. Now, yeah. the reason, the issue with that is if you're training your children when you're supposed to be a grandpa, at that point in time, you don't have the energy to run around and to raise funds to train those children. So if your finance is not in order, or if you are not wealthy, you're going to find it difficult to train that child. But if you have some money, then your age will not matter. So long as you do not have money, then your age becomes, your age becomes an issue. So, so it's very important that you look at all of these things. So when you're planning, don't say, oh, I still have time. I'm still young. The time to start a family is when you are young. The time to start a family is when you have the energy to run around, not when you do not have the energy to run around, except if you do not plan to have children. So it's the same thing with life. Don't put to tomorrow that business plan that you should write today, that proposal you should write today, that phone call, that email, don't put it to tomorrow. Now, moral discipline. I'll give you one quick example as far as moral discipline is concerned. Now, there are some men who know that they have great visions some women also know that they have huge visions and some others do not know. But if you understand that as human beings, we all have great destinies and we can become right. anything tomorrow, then you must be morally disciplined. I usually say this when I train in physical meetings. One of the reasons I will never, God helping me, misbehave with women is what happens if I become the governor of a state tomorrow or if I become the president of a nation tomorrow? Right. And the moment right. you become the governor of a state or you become a senator or you become this, a minister, come up. the women will start showing up with children. And yeah. when they start showing up with children, even if you don't want to steal, they are going to make yeah. ridiculous demands. And they will tell you, oh, are you not a governor? Are you not a senator? Are you not a minister? Are you not a president? Once they start right. doing they'll tell you, okay, if you don't want to give us the money, I'll go to the press with this information. At that time, yeah. you have a reputation to protect. And because you have a reputation to protect, you don't want the press to hear this kind of a thing. So you're going to look for that money anyhow. And anyhow includes falsifying figures, stealing, doing whatever. I mean, the projects that have been committed into your hands, you then start twisting those right. figures What's in order to that? cover up your past. Right. When should have been morally disciplined? So your immoral, your immoral uh, discipline or immoralities today they are going to cost you in the future. And I can tell you, nobody doesn't want to have fun. I mean, most countries of the world, the moment you turn 18, legally speaking, there is nothing wrong with having sex. But morally speaking, everything is wrong with having sex if you're not married. But if you want to go the way of your legal rights, question is, what happens in your future when your destiny is about to shine? Right. So you need right. to focus on, you need to be morally disciplined. And for a lot of young women out there who are probably watching right now or will come across this video, you have been told a number of times, the man will have sex with you and go on with his life. His own life will not be delayed because he's not the one who is going to carry the child. But if you're not ready, if you have a career path, you're still pursuing as a girl or as a woman, you then have sex outside of marriage. You will enjoy it, but you must be ready to deal with the consequences of the sex outside of marriage. So Absolutely. one of the reasons goals fail is immoral or immorality. And people are not willing to have moral discipline, financial discipline. Do you know that many people, the money they are spending on their mobile phones, their mobile devices, their, the kind of cars they want to drive right now to impress people who are not even noticing them. That kind of money is enough to set up the businesses they want to start. Sure. For example, I'm a consultant sure. and I've seen people come for job interviews 
I've seen people who are, who are carrying some expensive phones and they're looking for jobs. And I'm wondering, how come you're carrying an expensive phone and you're looking for a job when the phone in your hand is actually enough? The phone in your hand is expensive enough to help you start a business. There are some people, young people who don't have a job and they're driving cars. And the kind of cars they're driving, those cars are expensive enough to start a business for them. And these are young people, they don't have a family. So we spend money trying right. to impress people in our early years rather than spend money trying to build a future for ourselves. And as a young person, you must never make the mistake of spending money building a few. I mean, you must never make the mistake of spending money impressing people. Hello, Mr. Paula. Um, your mic is on mute. Your mic is on mute, sir. Okay, so I was locked up because of internet, but I'm back. I'm back now. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you. All right. So I, I, I said the next thing we have to go on to is a uh, collaboration. Okay. So it, it's very important that we, you know, consider the need to collaborate. And I'll stop on collaboration so that we can go to the other things that we plan to. Uh, discuss for the day. So one of the major reasons goals are not achieved is simply collaboration. And if you're not collaborating with people, it's going to be difficult to achieve your goals. You need to collaborate with other people. For example, I shared earlier that when you're collaborating with people, if you're supposed to achieve two goals, you might be able to achieve three. You might be able to achieve 10. You might be able to achieve 20. So it's very important that you collaborate with other people in order to achieve your goal. Collaboration will save you, um, it will save you finances. Collaboration will save you the stress of running after several people because when you collaborate, you leverage on the network and the network of those other people that you're collaborating with. If you collaborate with other people, you're going to, instead of building your own influence afresh with new people, you're just going to use the influence of that other person. So it's very important that you collaborate with other people. And, you know, you, you spread information. More people get to know you. It's easier to right. achieve results and all of that. So I think I should just stop there on those 10 reasons yes. why goals fail. Absolutely. And we can move on to the couple goals. Correct. This, this, is, this is fantastic. And I really appreciate you for that. Um, just, just to the rest of the community and those who are watching, um, Mr. Fola has dedicated 28, close to 30 days within the community where he was dropping videos of each of these goals and the reasons why goals fail. Mm -hmm. And if you join the community, both on Facebook or LinkedIn, you will see these videos. He was dropping one for every day. I, I think it started about the middle of February till the middle of March. So we had that engagement with him within the community. Uh, I, I appreciate you for this. And uh, ju just to wrap this up to a large extent, basically, I think there are a couple of things you mentioned which I wanted to drive home with people. Um, the fact that you know you, you need to start you know your goal setting early and it also depends on your status. So if you're if you're married or you're still single, you know, it will affect the kind of goals you set. And you mentioned the fact that you know it's also a vision. So you need to have your vision first. You need to know where you're going to, and then your goals cannot help you, you know, in terms of direction. I think another powerful thing you mentioned is the point about discipline. Um, I mean, to a large extent, a lot of people set goals, but they're not disciplined or committed enough, you know, to achieving those goals. And as an important one you mentioned from morality point of view, from the financial point of view, and as well as time management. In fact, time management is a major issue, that, a major challenge, you know, when, when it comes to achieving goals for most people, because they really don't know how to do it. And, and one of the things I would say is basically, in that, in that angle is to set priorities.